Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. I love this time of year. I hope you do as well as we rejoice in our Lord and our Savior. And are truly, our hearts are full of thanks and gratitude for the one who came because he loved us so much. There was uh, recently, and maybe some of you saw this, and maybe some of you even voted, uh, experts uh, all around the nation along with Good Morning America went out to take a look at the world and go, what is it that is the, the wonders of the world, the modern day wonders? And they had people vote, and millions and millions of people voted, and they went out and they looked, and, and they ended up kind of compiling a list of the wonders of the world today. And they listed them, they came up with eight, actually. Uh, Grand Canyon and Saturn V rocket, the Panama Canal, Machu Picchu, Venice, Victoria Falls, the Taj Mahal, and the Great Wall of China. Some 2,000 years ago, one of the greatest wonders of all, only one great wonder, lit up by a brilliant blazing star. The wonder that God was going to break through into the lives and into the hearts of mankind. That he was going to break through in a force of love like the world has never seen. As he sent his son as a babe who would become the savior of the world. Our savior for you and me. For those of us who would say, Lord, we receive you. We believe upon you. And my question in this season and for all of us is, have you seen this most incredible wonder of the world? Have you touched him? Have you known him? Have you received him? And if you have, there's nothing you can do but worship. If you have, you fall on your knees and you worship. Because it is the greatest wonder ever. Three wise men, again many, many years ago, saw the great wonder. And I wanted us this morning to take a look at their story in Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east, and we have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people people's chief priests and the teachers of the law. He asked them, where is the Christ? Where was the Christ to be born? In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. 
For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go with him and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down, and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures, and they presented him with gifts of gold and incense and of myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The wonder of the world broke through to the east to these three wise men as they searched out the star that would bring them to Bethlehem. It was the time that was after Jesus had been born. We don't exactly know how much further along and after Jesus' birth, but it was a little while after. During the time of King Herod, and they came to show up, it actually says they arrived at a house. So Jesus had spent his time in the manger, and then the, they had moved into a home. And he was born in Bethlehem. Do you remember what Bethlehem means? House of bread. House of bread. To the one who said, I am the bread of life. I am the one who is your sustenance. I am the one who is your fulfillment. And these three wise men, we sing the old song, we three kings of Orient are. They came. We don't know a whole lot about them. Much has been said of the wise men. Some have said it would have been better if they were women. If they were women, they would not have arrived so late. They would have stopped and actually asked for directions on the way. They said when they would have showed up, they would have cleaned up the place, so Jesus would have had a little bit nicer of a place to be born. If they were women, they would have brought much more practical gifts, like casserole and blankets and things of that nature. <laughs> what do we know about these men? You know, Magi comes and, and has been broken down into where we say the word magician comes from and magic. But that's really its simplest form, and it's really not true of necessarily where these men were at. There was a whole family of magi that had actually the role of what we would say the Levitical priest had. They were very important men, and they were powerful. They were searchers of truth. Yeah, they were astrologers. All of the Eastern mind was looking at the stars, everybody. And they were part of that. They were priests, they were physicians, they were politically powerful men. They had much pull. Some said they were actually king makers. They would be the ones who would have the biggest vote and who would take over. And so these men were of the Magi group as they came. 
It says they came from the east. We don't know where that was. New York City? I don't know. Possibly Persia, Babylon. We know they came from quite a long distance. Taking time to follow that star. We don't even truly know how many there were. Tertullian, who was one of the great church fathers, suggested these men were kings because Old Testament prophecy predicted that kings would would come and worship him. And he even suggested there was three because of the gifts that are mentioned in the scriptures. And of course, every nativity scene that we see has three wise men, so we just assume there must have been three who came. I think there was a lot who were searching out for truth as prophecy had been told. And these powerful men came searching for the king of kings. You know, honestly, we don't even know if they were wise. People have given them names, Melchior and Balthazar and Gaspar, and we've tried to develop this whole imagery of who they were, but we don't know truly much. And as you read the scriptures, as you read Matthew, you go, Matthew, why didn't you give us more into who these men were as they, as they came to seek the Lord? And I believe Matthew specifically left it out. So that you and I, as we would study the scriptures and as we would read about the birth of Jesus, that our focus would be on the birth of Jesus. And not on the Magi. The importance of this story is that God broke through the universe in the form of his son as a babe. And that we would never miss that. And yet so powerful was this incredible event that all of history is based on. That these wise men wanted to be there firsthand. They wanted to see They wanted to know. They were truth seekers, following what was the star to bring them there. That Matthew did not want us to miss that God came in the flesh, the incarnation. Augustine has said, He so loved us that for our sake, He was made man in time, although through him all times were made. He was made man who made man. He was created of a mother whom he created. He was carried by hands that he formed. He cried in the manger in, manger in wordless infancy, he the word without whom all human eloquence is mute. His name is Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. And the star shone upon the Most High. But here's what we do know about these men who came. The wise men had been looking. We know that they showed up. They took the journey. We know that they came and they worshipped the Christ child. And so as we look at Matthew, we go, what can we learn 
from these three wise men who came to visit the babe that was born. The word of God at the time had influence all throughout the areas in Babylon. You know, we know of Daniel, that Daniel was involved in leadership in Babylon. Scriptures and truth permeated that culture. And so if these wise men came out of Babylon, they would have known truth. In Persia, the the relationship between Persia and the Jews was significant. And we see a lot of relationship. We see it with, with Esther, and we see it with Nehemiah. Remember the building of the wall, and it goes before the Persian king. There is relationship. You don't think that the Gospels, the Torah, the law, it had been out. God infiltrating the world with his truth. There's always a remnant. And so they've been studying the prophecies, wherever they may have come from. The oracle of the one who hears the words of God, Numbers 24, who has knowledge from the Most High, who sees visions from the Almighty, who falls prostrate and whose eyes are opened. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob, a scepter will rise out of Israel. And the wise men came looking for the star, 500 to 1,000 miles traveling on camels. Have you ever ridden on a camel? The journey was worth it. Can you imagine what they might have talked about along the way? Who is this one that we are seeking? They were serious seekers. Wise men still seek him. For you and for me. Those of us who are wise still seek our Lord. You know, as I was studying this passage, I was thinking, where were the chief priests? Where were the teachers of the law? Where were the ones who had been studying this and all of the prophecies and had devoted their lives to all that was going on? Where were they? You know, they were just six miles away. They just had to come down. You can't imagine they didn't see the star in the sky. But you know what? They missed it completely. This incredible apathy, this indifference, this arrogance. We don't care. We know better. This is the verdict that light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And God is trying to break through into the hearts of mankind. And what he's trying to break through is that we love darkness. And so this Christmas season, as we think of the babe, we allow his, dark, his light to shine through in the darkness of our souls. You see, the chief priests were probably spending the day reading the Torah, but missing the giver of truth and of life. And I think that's what happens to us. I think, honestly, as we, get, as we get going on through our day, we miss him. Do you understand? God is at work every day in the lives of mankind, in your family, in those that we see on the street, that God is at work. And do you remember that we're part of that? We're a royal priesthood. 
We are the ones who are ministers of reconciliation. We are to be part of that with him. And yet we miss him. We miss the fact that he's breaking through and that he's ministering to souls. We miss his work. You know, the focus on television over this last little bit, this Christmas season, has, has been on those camping out at Best Buy or Circuit City and, and how they're awaiting the PlayStation 3 and there's only going to be a few. And you've all seen the video coverage, the news coverage, and it's like, oh, wow, amazing that you're, you're spending all this time to, to get this, this incredible gift. And it must be so hard, they're camping out, you know, for two or three days in their little shelters. And you must be freezing, oh, we are, but it's worth it. And they'll sell them on eBay for thousands. And yet, down the road just a little bit, is a guy who camps out all the time through the winter. A guy who has no family, has no life, just surviving, homeless, hungry, poor, probably served us in war and was damaged by it. And we miss that guy. And Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. We miss him, his work in the world. Do you see Isaiah says he came, nevertheless I'm coming into the world and there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. For those who are walking in darkness and they've seen a great light, On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. Are we missing him? For unto us a child is born, wonderful counselor, prince of peace. He is our Lord. And I think during this season, especially as we remember, we ask the question are our eyes open? Do we see the star? Do we see God at work? Wise men still seek him. You know what's wonderful about this? We don't know the heart of the wise men. We don't know if they had a hidden agenda. We don't know if they came and they were thinking, we're going to make this guy king. We don't know much, again, about them. We don't know where they stood in regards to the Lord. And one of the things I love about that is that it shows that our perfect theology or our perfect understanding of God is not required to come before the babe in the manger and say, here is the Lord, the Messiah, the awaited one. To come to the conclusion that this is the Son of God. They had a theology that was of the Eastern mind. I don't think they had any idea what they were about to step into. The wise men wanted to see. And the Lord led them by the star as their eyes were fixed upon that. Do you remember as we've been studying Exodus? And God led by fire and by pillar. And God would take them and he would bring them to a place of rest and they would stop there as the fire And the pillar stopped 
and they would drink and rest. And so they followed the star, and it rested upon Bethlehem, where they would find peace and truly rest for their souls. Are you still seeking him? Maybe for the first time. Seeking him to really know who he is. Wanting to have relationship with the Lord and and you're not exactly sure if your life is all together and you think you might have to have it together and the Lord is saying, no, no, no. Come to me broken. Come to me weary. Come to me with all your sin and let me take that from you. Come with all your shame and your guilt and let me cleanse you. Come to me with all your burden and let me have that yoke. He is the Son of God, the Savior of the world. For those of us who know Him and love Him, are we seeking to know Him more and to know His love? Are we craving His Word to minister to our souls? Are we seeking Him to to know how to live just this day? Lord, show me what you have for me right after church today. Who can I love? Are we seeking him again to know how to have life? Are we seeking him to be our fulfillment? Because you and I all know, you know, as we enter into this Christmas day and as we, as we spend the morning and we enjoy our families and we, and we open presents and we just, we just enjoy that moment, that once it's all done, I think most of us go, and is that it? Is that all? For some reason, I'm longing for more. What is it? And it's our intimacy, our seeking of intimacy with Christ. Are we still seeking Him? We long to know baby Jesus, not only as the babe, but as our Lord and Savior. Wise men still seek Him. And as they sought him out, then they came and they worshipped him. And wise men do that as well. They still worship. And after they heard the king, they went on the way. And the star they had seen in the east. And they went to the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child. And they bowed down. And they worshipped. I think it's at this point in the story, that God breaks through into their lives. I think as they come again, maybe not knowing what they were about to encounter, but the truth is, they were about to encounter the living God. Do you remember the Israelites coming to the face of the mountain of Sinai? You are about to encounter the living God. And I love you so much that I want you to be able to know me fully, and so I give you my son. I don't think they knew what they were getting into when they showed up. I don't think they knew that God was going to intervene into their lives and their hearts, and that the star was going to lead them. He is the morning star, Revelation cries out. God at work. And when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have 
the light of life, John chapter 8. The light of the world shone forth and brought them to the manger where Jesus was. And the scriptures say, and they were overjoyed. Oh, it just misses it. You know what? There are four words, four, for this one word that we get in scripture, overjoyed. It wasn't just they showed up and, oh, I'm so happy to see Jesus. Let me just share with you the words, and not to do a Greek study, but I just want you to understand that this was a big deal. Kairo, they rejoiced exceedingly. Svadra, greatly. Megas, with intensity and abundance. Kara, with gladness. They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. It's like Tom Cruise jumping on the couch of Oprah over his excitement, you know, over Katie Holmes, if you saw that. It's just over-the-top joy. It's beyond. It's children tearing into presents. It's just this mega, massive, abundance, great joy as God broke into their hearts and they, they came to the Lord Jesus. And this morning, as we celebrate Advent, we talk about joy. And I go, Lord, I want to know. I want to rejoice with exceeding great joy in you. Even in this season, it may be difficult. You know, again, we all long for happy Christmas, but it's hard most of the time. And yet God says, I'll give you joy in the middle of the trial. And I can even give you exceeding great joy because I'm the one who came for you. And in encountering Jesus, they fell to their face. These powerful men, these kingmakers, these those with political clout. And they lowered themselves and they worshipped. It has the idea of, of kissing the hand out of reverence. The Orientals would fall to their knees and they would touch their heads to the ground. And they would worship him. And that's what the scriptures say these men did. Not just lowly men, powerful men. And they lowered themselves before the king of kings. They took this incredible journey of faith. And that's what we're on, aren't we? They came with confidence and hope. They said, where is the one born king of the Jews? We saw the star. They came with great anticipation. Do we? And God met them right where they were at, wherever their souls were at. And God, I think, grabbed a hold of their heart. And as psalmist reads out, oh God, you are my God. And earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you and my body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. And God says, I am the river of life. I am abundance. Ask, seek, knock, and you will find me. And the wise men come. They seek him out. And they worship him. And it says they open up their treasures. They came prepared. They didn't just show up with a gift card to Camels R Us. They opened up their treasures. Gold, fit for a king. Frankincense, that's what was used for the priesthood. He is our priest.
priest, he is our connection, allows us that relationship with God. Myrrh, that bitter perfume, that, that which is used for embalming. Remember the church of Smyrna we studied. It's the same name, Myrrh. The one who would pay the price for our sin. He didn't just stay a babe. You know, I was thinking in this season as we prepare to, to celebrate and to rejoice in his birth. It's a question I think we, we have to ask every year in the midst of just our daily lives. But what is it that we bring him? What is it that we bring him? I've seen many of you stuck with me on Milwaukee, you know, trying to get gifts for the family because that's a joy and it's, you know, it's not really a joy, but you know what I'm saying? It's, <laughs> it's a joy once it's done. And I know you are probably like me and that we get caught up in that. And honestly, we get angry and we're frustrated and we're tired and it's just exhausting and and honestly, where do all these people come from? I don't know. Does anybody work anymore? I just don't. I don't know. What do we bring him? Could it be our time? Lord, I want to spend time with you. What daddy doesn't rejoice when their little son or daughter just crawls up and just wants to have a story read to them or just sit in their lap and just play and laugh and I think we forget that Jesus that says, call me Abba, call me Daddy. Possibly service. Again, what we do to the least of these, we do unto him. You know, parents... This season especially is, is just such a great time for teachable moments. Times where you teach about the value of life and, and that you're looking for opportunities to share what God is doing and why he came. And I hope you don't miss those. I hope through the Holy Spirit you're going, Lord, give me teachable moments in my family, not only to myself that I can pass along to my children. Because there's plenty of them out there Remember, he says, and I'm preparing in advance good works for you to step into because I want to use you in this world who needs hope and who needs life. Maybe it's a gift of obedience. Lord, I want to go this way, but I know you're calling me here. I know you're calling me to purity. I know you're calling me not to lie. I know you're calling me to have integrity. The easy way is over here. But I want to be obedient. If you love me, obey my commands. Maybe the gift is your life. Maybe for the very first time, Lord Jesus, here I am. Take all of me. Take all of my sin 
Take all of my yuck and here, God. Be my Lord and be my Savior. That's the greatest gift of all to him. And for some of us who maybe have journeyed away, it's, Lord, I want you to have me again. I I have walked away. And I'm coming home. And here I am. Wise men still seek him. Wise men worship him, the babe. And we bring gifts to our Lord and our Savior, who gave us the greatest gift of all, his Son. The greatest wonder in the world has truly come. And will you, like the wise men, come and worship? So let's rejoice again together in his birth and worship him in song. Merry Christmas, you guys.